Okay, so last week we discussed, we introduced the topic of Tachnun, and we introduced the, um, the power of Tachnun, and we spoke about Tachnun in general. We pointed out that Tachinot and Nefilat Apayim are technically two different things. Tachinot mean any entreaties that are uh, seeking a Matnat Chinam from Hashem. It's when we seek, it's a prayer which seeks mercy, uh, specifically, it's a prayer which seeks rachamim, and uh, nefilat apayim is a specific minhag of the amoraim, a specific uh, practice that was done by at least the time of the tanaim, where they would fall on their face after shmona esrei, and we studied the power of that, and we introduced the history of how very variegated and how many evolutions Tachnun has gone through in the past uh, 2,000 years in general. Okay, so in this, we're going to follow the, the order of the Svaradi Sidurim, and although the Ashkenazim on a normal day do not say Vidui, the Svaradi Sidurim do include a Vidui um, right at the beginning of what's called Tachnun. And some uh, older Nusra'ot put the Tachnun, the Vidoy section, only in Sheni Bechamishi, as we're going to see only on Monday and Thursday. But because the Sfaradim today put it in every day, we're going to discuss it. We're going to treat the Vidoy properly. We'll discuss what is Vidoy. Uh, we'll discuss some of the Nusra'ot of it. And we'll also discuss how it got here. So, first and foremost, what is uh, Vidoy and why is Vidoy important? So, there are different Mifarshim and the Rishonim, they they seem to swing this way and that way. But in general, vidui is seen as something that has moral um, ramifications and also theological ramifications. So first and foremost, the Rishonim point out that part, when a person, they, there's, there's an entire field of avodah. Avodah is where we, where we uh, service Hashem, where we work hard to get close to Hashem. And within that field, one of the processes of Avodah is Teshuvah. If a person gets distance from Hashem, whether through sin or some other means, that person has to work hard to, to um, rebuild or to fix the distance and the, uh, the sins which the person did, which brought him further away from Hashem. So part of the meditative or part of the internal uh, struggle that people have with with building themselves back up after chet, after sin, one of the important parts of that process is confession, is vidoy. So on the one hand, there's a almost a psychological reason why confession is helpful. I mean, today we know this from uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, if you cannot admit that you've done something wrong, you can't even begin to start to fix it. So from a psychological perspective, some of the mefarshim, when they speak about vidoy, see it as having a psychological uh, important psychological effect in the general field of avodah. So that's the first approach. The second approach to why vidoy is, is important and why confession, confessing our sins is important in front of Hashem is that it's a theological um, uh, there's a theological reason for it. So if you look in the, in the Minchat Chinuch he says that a person has to reinforce within himself that Hashem is the Odea HaKol. He has to be a Mamin. He has to believe that Hashem is the one and only. 
and that Hashem uh, can allows him to do anything and can stop him from do any from doing anything, and Hashem is the one who is going to punish who could punish him, and therefore, the um, the the vidui is a way for us to instill in ourselves emunah that Hashem is the odeatakol and the the ultimate uh, the buck stops there. So there's also another. Um, important emunah aspect to this uh, process of Teshuvah. Another um, framework, less of a reason, but another framework to how Vidui works is given by the Hasidim, in particular the Hasidei Chabad. They understand Vidui as um, being related to the word uh, Hoda'ah, to admit. And when a person confesses, he is making a form of admission. He is making a form of of uh, recognition. And this is related, they say, to the idea of todah, which is thanks. Now, how are they related? How is gratitude and confession related? So when we confess before Hashem, we are saying that we understand and we know that Hashem is the all-powerful and that if we sin and if we were created by Him, we have no right to sin. We have no right to, to disobey his commands. And if we disobey his commands, he has the right to eviscerate us immediately. We have no, when it comes to Midat Hadin, there's no reason we should continue to function after we disobey the command of Hashem. So when we recognize that there's something higher that we don't understand, when we recognize that there's something called Midat Harachamim or mercy, we are in, a, in essence admitting that we have no concept of why Hashem allows us to do Teshuvah. We have no concept of why Hashem's Rachamim. Um, is so generously given to us, but we're recognizing Hashem's rachamim, and that's the idea of vidui, and it's very similar to gratitude, because when we're giving thanks to Hashem, we're recognizing that Hashem um, treats us in a way where it's not just chesed, but even chesed is a form of rachamim, because truly we don't deserve uh, much from Hashem, if anything. Okay. Now, besides for those... Um, different ideas for why Vidu is important um, in the Torah. There's another reason why Vidu is important in the Torah, and that is that it's a mitzvah asseh. So we learn this, how exactly we learn this is unclear, um, because the Gemara and Yomad of Pezayin and Webet just assumes it's a mitzvah asseh, and in, when it comes to Yom HaKippurim, we know that the... Um, uh, what's the word? There's many, honestly, there's many Pesukim in the Torah which say that a person who, who returns, um, there's, there's, there's many different Pesukim which refer to this process of Vidui, of also uh, confessing to one sin, in particular by Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol, does a Vidui. But here, let me take out the language of the Chinuch one second. Um, just to give the exact language for why it's a mitzvah. Say he might actually bring a pasuk which he considers authoritative because there's a bunch of them. Uh, bear with me for one second. Shin Samachdalid in the Chinuch. And the Rambam, by the way, also, the Rambam himself also holds that Vidoy is a mitzvah say. In particular, there's a special extra mitzvah of Vidoy on Yom HaKippurim for some reason. Somehow, uh, Yom Kippur has an extra mitzvah of vidui. 
here we go. Ish o ishaki asu mikol chatot hadam lemol mal ba'ashem v'ashemah hanefesh ahi v'hitvadu et chatatam asher asu. Even though that's a bit in the context of korbanot, still we learn from there that it's a mitzvah say to do bidoy. Meaning, if a person does a chet and he does teshuvah, it is a mitzvah for him to do bidoy as well. So now the way the Ramam structures the mitzvah vidui is that it's codependent with teshuvah. The Ramam clearly says that the mitzvah aseh is not teshuvah. This is a bit of a, an academic discussion, but when it comes to the mitzvah aseh itself, that is vidui. There is no mitzvah aseh for teshuvah. However, they are codependent. If a person does teshuvah and he doesn't do vidui, he doesn't receive a full kapara. If a person does vidui but he doesn't do teshuvah, that's like tovel v'sheretz biadol. That's a, something which is meguna, and even though he might have been mekayem and mitzvah say, but fundamentally it's, it's practically worthless. And it's also interesting, this is one of the few mitzvot you could do only after you've done an avera. There's a few mitzvot like that, like a korban chatat, and you have hashevet hagzela, you have different, uh, different mitzvot which can only be done after a person has done a an avera. Although that's not considered a mitzvah above it, bidei avera, in case you're wondering. Um, now, the Mitzvah Chinuch discusses the technical framework for exactly how this works, because it's very interesting that you could have vidui be the actual Mitzvah Tasei. So what happens if a person does a full Teshuvah, but he doesn't do vidui? Is he over an Asei? Is he doing what's called a Bitul Asei? So the Chinuch sounds like he holds that it is a Bitul Asei. It's, like it's almost as if a person wore a four-cornered Beged, and he didn't put on Tzitzit. It's a real Bitul Asei. While the Chinuch says that according to the Rambam, it's possible that Vidoy, he gives a different set of lamdash ways you could learn Vidoy, what kind of mitzvah say. There's, there's procedural mitzvah say, right? For example, if you're doing a korban, you have to do it in this way, in that way, in that way, and each one is its own mitzvah, its own commandment. And then there are opportunistic, um, that's probably the wrong word, but uh, mitzvot that come out of opportunity. For example, you're not chayav every morning to wake up and go give tzedakah. You are chayav, for example, to put on tefillin, but are you chayav to give tzedakah? It's not called a mitzvah chiyuvit. It would be considered a, a, a mitzvah which is given out of opportunity. If a person has the opportunity, then he would, he would do a vidui. But that's the lamdisha discussion in the Afronim as to how vidui works as a mitzvah say. It is clear, though, that it is it sits at the core or of the center of teshuvah. Somehow vidui, if it was made the mitzvah say. It stands at the center, recognition of Hashem's Rachamim, it stands at the center of our beginning and our, our ability, uh, both morally, theologically, and practically, of our ability to do Teshuvah. Okay, so that's, that's how it's structured in the Torah. Now, just as an aside, there are many halachot of Vidoy. We don't have the time to go through all of them, especially it's more relevant to Yom HaKippurim, but for the Svaradim, we do Vidoy every single day. One of the, the halachot comes from the, the Gemara in Yomad of Pezayin Amubet. I hope that we could see this together. Um, it's a Gemara about Shemuel. There was one of the Amoraim named Bar Hamedudi, I think. He said that he, when he was before Shemuel, when he was watching Shemuel Davin, and they, had a, they got up to Vidoy, he saw that when the Chazan got to Aval Chatanu, that's That's when he stood up, right? So I'm just going to read the Gemara because it's a little short here. So the Rishonim, like the Rosh, the Poskim, they bring that. The, the, according to that Gemara, we see an obvious halacha is if Shmuel stood up for the, for the core sentence of Vidui, must be 
that the Gemara learns that aval chatanu, aval anachnu chatanu is the core sentence of vidui, but it must mean that vidui has to be said standing. Curiously, the Rambam himself never mentions this halacha. In the entire Hilchot uh, Tishuvan Vidoy, he never mentions that Vidoy has to be said standing. However, that's perhaps because he holds it's just obvious all mitzvot should be done standing. I'm not sure exactly why he omits it, but at the end of the day, it is um, accepted that when a person does Vidoy, unless he is sick, unless a person has absolutely no other choice, Vidoy is done standing. Now, let's get down to, now that we've covered a very basic uh, overview of Vidui and what place it, it plays in general, let's get into a little bit of the history here and how did it end up in the Svaradi Sidur. And I promise uh, the Ashkenazim will get to them eventually, but for now, today we're going to spend some time on Vidui. All right, so originally, Vidui was not said in most of the, in virtually, in most of the Minhagim, most of the, the, the Nuschaot throughout history people would not say vidui every day. They would start with tachanunim. Now, on Mondays and Thursdays, however, many nuschal did have vidui. And this goes all the way back to the Seder of Amra. So, the, what's interesting is that when you look through the Sidurim in the past, uh, let's say, before the printing press, there's a tremendous amount of variation as to what people would actually say uh, right before Nefilat Apayim. So we know that there's a, a section called Nefilat Apayim. Uh, for many, it starts Achum Bechanun, and then it goes into Lidavid. But there's an Im- immense amount of variation as to what people would do just to say Tichinot, just to say some sort of uh, supplication for mercy before uh, the Achum Bechanun, before the, the part called Nefilat Apayim. So if you look in the uh, in the Sidur of the Arizal, the Sidur Reish Pei Dalid, the one that he used every day. And if you look in the Sidur of the Minhagaram Soba, the early original Mustara Binusach, they had something called the Ayin Beit Pesukim, the 72 Pesukim. And try as I might, I did not find a Mikar for why they do this or why they say this. But here I'll show you on my screen. We have Hashem Agin Badik Roshi. They begin with one Pasuk here, which is Hashem Magin Badi. And they go down, they list, and they read off 72 pesukim, which ends off with, uh, here we go, all the way at the end. Shema Hashem v'chaneni, Hashem ha'yeh ozer li. And then they would say, Some of them uh, would actually close, if you look at the end, with a Baruch HaTashem Gomel HaChasidim Tovim. So after saying all these pesukim in this entire year at Zon, depending on what day it was, um, and how Hashem should have mercy on me and my entire family, then they would end it off with a bracha, which is fascinating, because as we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but it's, 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 um, it's, it's readily apparent that ta- even though vidui is a mitzvah say, we do not say a bracha on it. Aside from Yom Kippur, we might, uh, I think it's the Sfaradim, but not, the, the Ashkenazim, but not the Sfaradim, end vidui with a bracha. Um, it's a chatima, but we don't add, generally end vidui uh, with a bracha. Even though it's a mitzvah to say, we don't start it with, with a bracha, and we don't end it with a bracha. But over here, in this tachnun that the Minhagar Aram Solba had, they actually ended it with Gomel Chasidim Tovim. Now, if one has the time to read through that tachnun that they say, those tachnunim, mostly it's Pesukim, which uh, pray to Hashem for his protection despite one's sin, 
And then there's a personal tefillah there for Hashem to have mercy upon myself and my entire house and, and protect me from, from machalah and magefah and all these things. So generally, as we said last week, the way tachanunim developed was that originally they were very personal prayers and, then pe- and they were free form. But eventually people started to standardize them because the masses weren't so good at free form. So this is one of the standardizations which became very popular, especially in the Minhag Aram, Aram Soba and the Minhag in the Sidur Eish Peidal. It also shows these 72 Pesukim. I am not sure why they chose these 72. I'm not, I, none of the early sources mention it as far as I was able to see, but that is something to know that uh, once existed. Now the tour we mentioned last week himself in place of Vidoy, he's, he brings the Hirat Son of Rav Amram Gaon, and Rav Amram Gaon also has his own supplication there, his own uh, uh, Tachinot, and he has two of them actually. But where does it come? All right, so we, we, we've touched upon that, what people used to say instead of Vidoy. Now, how, how did it happen that people said it daily? Why did it become, come into the Sidor? So now, the earliest source for Vidoy being said daily if you set aside meaning outside of Shemona Esrei, is actually the Gemara over there in Yomada, Pezayin Umbet. So the Gemara in Yoma says, let's do it here. This is a famous Gemara because it also exists in Brachot. The Gemara says, would say, right? Before I was formed and, and created, I am not worthy. Now that I've been created, it's as if I was never created. I am dust in my life, uh, how much more so in my death. I am like a vessel full of shame. It should be your will that I shall not sin. That which I already did sin, um, you should obliterate with your mercy of Allah, but not through... Uh, through uh, pain or through tribulations. Says the Gemara, this is the vidui that Rava said all year round. And this is the, the vidui which Rav Hamnunazuta would say in Yom Kippurim. This is the uh, one of the, the source, one of the sources for why we actually say that at the end of Shemona Esrei every single uh, Yom Kippur. However, it's clear that Rava the Amora would say vidui the entire year. Most likely it means every day, most likely it doesn't just mean sheni v'chamishi, and so that's one early makar. Another early makar is in the Seder of Amram. After Shmona Esrei, before Oseh Shalom, I think it's before Oseh Shalom, he says that some people here would say vidui every day, although it's not strictly necessary. And in none of the early Sidurim do we find that. We don't find, you know, we don't find that this was a popular practice at all to say vidui every single day after Shemona Esrei, to do a full confession, especially in the manner that we do it today, Hashamnu Baganu Gazalnu. On Sheni Vachamishi, as we'll see, there's a special idea to, to, to say more tachanunim, to say more uh, things, and therefore <coughs> vidui was, was a part of that. But to say it every day was not popular. Its inclusion is recent, and the reason is the Arizal in Shara Kavanot and what he instructed his disciples um, pushed hard for vidoy to be said every day immediately after Shmon Esrei. And the reason for this is because it's a Zohar, and this is also brought in Yisod Vashor HaVodah. He brings a few Zohars where the Zohar himself clearly says uh, in Parashat Bo, Parashat Pikudei, in many places, 
that right after Shmona Esrei, we have to go straight away to Vidoy. Based on his understanding of the Zohar and these many Zohars, the Arizal pushed very strongly that after Shmona Esrei, we say Vidoy every day. And this is the, the reason why in the Sfaradis Hidurim and the Nusach Sfar to the Ashkenazim, it eventually creeped in to, uh, became the, almost the standard um, as, as soon as the printing press uh, started printing. The Arizal's influence took over. It's, it's, it's important to note that this is not the Arizal's innovation. It's not something that he invented out of nowhere. This is something that he was trying to bring back based on, on earlier sources. Now, the reasons for why the Zohar uh, requires we say Vidoy directly after Shmona Esrei are very technical and you know uh, much more much more in the in the in the in the style of the Shara Kavanot and as to why everything why the Shmon Esrei is mechanically set up this way and that way very advanced uh, Kabbalistic things but there's one interesting thing that the Zohar says in Parashat Bo which I think it, which I think is appropriate to share the Zohar says a reason for why we say Vidoy so the context is as follows the the Zohar is speaking about the idea of Prusumenisa to publicize a miracle that was done by Hashem, in particular, the nace of Yitziat Mitzrayim. So asks the Zohar, why is it that we have to do Prasume Nisah? Who are we telling? Who, who are we giving news to? Why is it, do you think Hashem doesn't know what happened? Why is it that we have to do Prasume Nisah? So the Zohar explains that when B'nai Yisrael in the lower worlds um, give shvach to Hashem, and they speak of the Nisim, and they speak of, of praise and different uh, reasons why they are grateful to Hashem. Hashem calls the Malachim, the, the, the Zohar, the way the, the, language, the language is in the Zohar is that Hashem calls all the Malachim and He shows them that, look at what my children are doing. They, uh, what they're doing gladdens me and it makes me happy. And in turn, says the Zohar, this, uh, this is all obviously a bit metaphorical, but in turn what happens is, is that this strength this strengthens all the midot of chasadim, all of the midat chesed that are going to come down in the world, um, when Hashem summons all these chasadim, He shows them he, all the the pursume nisa that the Jewish people are doing, and that strengthens the flow of chesed into our world. However, that mechanically works. It's important to publicize miracles of Hashem because uh, doing this gladdens Hashem. It shows it shows Him that that uh, we recognize. Uh, his miracles and we recognize his divine intervention and therefore it brings down more chesed into this world. That's the first thing the Zara says. And then he says, conversely, this is also the reason why we have to say Vidoy. He asks, you think Hashem doesn't know what happened? Why do we have to confess to Hashem? This is a very basic theological, theological question. Why should I need to confess to Hashem my sins? He knows exactly what I did. So says the Zara, that what's happening is, is that the way the Mekatreg works in Shemayim, the prosecutor, in Shemayim uh, brings his charges, the Mikatreg, or the, the charger, the person who brings uh, charges against Bnei Israel, is that first, the first thing he does is he summons the power of Dini, the, the, the powers of Din. He summons different heavenly forces which will bring Din or bring strict judgment down onto our world. And he does that by first posing a question. He says, doesn't the Torah say for example, and they'll answer yes. And that summons the Koach Hadin because he brought the Pasuk. 
and then he says, Ploni ben Ploni uh, disrespected his mother, disrespected his father, and then he brings a charge. So says the Tsar, even though Hashem knows exactly what a person does, if a person is mitzvadeh, if a person confesses, from that point forward, the mikatreg has nothing more to say. Once a person confesses that he did sin A, B, C, or D, for some reason, the prosecutor, the satan, whatever you want to call him, the mekatreg, no longer has power to ask. It would seem that for some reason, um, and this is just, again, conjecture, it would seem that once that a malach does not uh, do something which is superfluous, and if his, jo- if his job is moot, he's not going to repeat his job. And so for some reason, if a person already um, confessed to the sin, there's no way for the mikatreg, he doesn't have to come before the tri- tribunal to testify, he doesn't have to come before Hashem to testify, and therefore if he doesn't come to testify, he's not going to summon the powers of dinim, and it prevents the powers of dinim from coming down into this world. That's how the Zohar puts it. The Arizal actually says that the way this works is, is a little bit more uh, advanced. He says it's related to the idea of the sa'ir, uh, the, the goat which is uh, cast away on Yom Kippur. We all know that that's very, very mystical stuff. The, the idea of, of uh, having a kapara through, through those two karbanot, the sigirim, which quote-unquote carry our sins, uh, all of that advanced... Uh, Things al Kabbalah are out of scope, but that's the that's this uh, interesting idea of why vidui is necessary from the czar. Okay, as such, the Arizal sees vidui as as being very important. Um, the Kafachaim says that in his view, according to the Arizal, um, vidui is a chova; it is an obligation, and we have to do it every single day. Now, it's not clear if when the Kafachaim says that it's a chova, he means a literal halachic chova, and I don't think he would mean that. He was a posek. More likely he means that it's such a strong obligation, it's such an important thing to do for a person's spiritual well-being to do a vidui every day, that a person cannot and should not ever skip vidui if he has the ability to say it. There's no excuse for not saying vidui if it's possible, and that's how many of the Sephardi poskim hold. However, Fundamentally, the Rishonim already, the Geonim already, say that Vidoy is a Rishut. Um, sorry, Tachanun is a Rishut. The entire Nefilat Apayim is a Rishut. So halachically speaking, we do maintain it is a Rishut. It can get tacky when certain people feel very strongly about Vidoy or Tachanun, and uh, you're in a shul and they choose to skip it. Um, I could just tell you, straight, tell you uh, beforehand, it's not worth the fight. You're not fighting over something which is halachically the most important, and it's not worth it to do more sins, <laughs> to hurt more people's feelings, uh, whether uh, on an argument about whether or not we should be saying tachnun today or whether we shouldn't be saying tachnun. There are entire lists in the uh, different svarim about what days, which communities around the world had minhagim to say tachnun or not to say tachnun. Entire, in, entire lists about these uh, different minhagim. So everyone could do according to the minhag. It is best to say it, but if a place doesn't say it, uh, definitely don't fight it. But if you look in the Yisod V'Shor Shavodah, um, which is not even really a Sephardi Sefer, he does say, and he basically, not using those words, but he says that if a person is in a shul and they decide to skip vidui, it's worth it to say vidui under your breath. Don't, you don't have to sit down and make a whole show of it and put your, put your left arm down or whatever and do tachnun. 
but at the very least, make sure to say Anasham Lakenu, Chatanu Lufanecha, Rachuma. You know, say a very basic few sentences. We're gonna we're gonna soon learn what the, what the core sentences were. You know, say the core sentences of Bidui. Say Avalanachnu Chatanu Avinu Pashanu, and then Rachum Luchanu Chatanu Lufanecha Rachim Aleinu Belshenu. Say it under your breath just to cover your bases because it's very important not to miss Bidui uh, any single day. Okay, so now let's look a little bit at the Nusach. I'm going to pull out this Faradi one. There's many variations of this, but uh, in general, the printing presses have consolidated or converged upon uh, one basic style, which begins today with Ana Hashem Alokinu Lokevotenu. Originally, and Rehuda ben Yakar actually testifies to this, uh, not just Rehuda ben Yakar, but other Rishonim, they testify that originally it started with Tabalofanecha Tefilatenu. It didn't start with Ana. It didn't start with anything earlier than that, but Ana is a language that comes from uh, the, the Avodah Yom, Yom Kippurim, Yom Kippurim, when the uh, the Kohen Gadol would say Ana Hashem, right? We know from the Seder Havodah he would say Ana, and then he would say the forty-two letter name of Hashem. And the word Ana is a very powerful word. It's a Gematria is fifty-two, and there's different reasons for why it's so important and so powerful. So. Because some versions said Ana Hashem Lokeinu this became actually the more the more popular version, and the Sfaradi Nuschalot generally do say Ana Hashem. I'm I'm pretty sure not all of them do, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, the, the Nusach Sfar just says Lokeinu Lokevotenu. They don't they don't start with Ana Hashem. So there are different variations, and we'll, we'll see them here. We have Ana Hashem Lokeinu Lokevotenu Tabo Lefanecha Tefila Tenu should bring forth before you our Tefila, and Rav Huda Ben Yakar explains. This means the Shmon Esrei, which we just said. And then, Don't hide your face, our king, from our supplication, which is the Tachnun we're about to say. So first comes Shmon Esrei, then comes Tachnun. I should note that the Sfaradi Nusrao today say Malkenu, very, at least a lot of them do. The original Nusach never had Malkenu. It was And in fact, the Moroccans generally today to just still say that's the appropriate nusach. There is no, I, I honestly, maybe I could track down exactly where the Malkenu part started, but um, it's a feature of the later Sidurim, and that became the most popular. Again, with something which was originally supposed to be free form, I'm not going to be, be too zealous about what's the most correct nusach. Then it says, We are not too haughty or too stubborn to tell you, Hashem our God, that we are righteous and we haven't sinned. This language we're going to see in a second came from the Pesiktad Rabati. However, we have sinned. We have sinned. Um, we have uh, committed iniquities and we have committed intentional sins. Visanu, I sorry, I lost the exact page because that's luck would have it. Visanu mitzvotecha. That's a little later. Vachatanu avinu peshanu anachnu avtenu v'anshivetenu. Us and our and our parents and those in our household. So at the end, then we start saying Ashamu. So let's look together here, if I could, um, at the Psiktar Abati in Lamed Hay. The Psiktar Abati in Lamed Hay actually brings a nusach, the nusach of Vidui, directly in the Midrash itself. And this is one of the few rare situations where we find uh, sentences from one of the original Tachnuns in, in the Midrash. 
I'm going to just mention as a tangent before, before we get to Siktar Avati. It says, Lomar Lefanecha. Lomar Lefanecha is, is the uh, Mishneic way of saying Lemar. Right? In, 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 the, in Mikra, when we, in, the, in Tanakh, when we say to say, we say Lemar. But in the Mishnah and the Gemara, we would say Lomar. Or we would say Shenomar Lefanecha. Right? So that's the Nusach of the Rambam. Shenomar or Lomar, those are both Mishneic terms. That helps us a little bit with the dating. We can tell already that this, these core words, which are uh, which ex- are extant in even the Vidui's of Yom Kippur, um, do date very far back. So here we go. Here's the midrash. Midrash says, "Amar lahem Hakadosh Baruch Hu l'Malachi Asherit." Hashem says to the angels of song, "Bovo di'alachem tidkatam shal b'ni." Come, and I shall tell you the righteousness of my children. She'ani ta'antim ba'olam. I burden them in this in in their world with so many um, types of suffering. And I bring upon them uh, pain and suffering in every generation, and at every moment. However, they did not become batu, uh, I guess, rebellious or rejectful. You know, they didn't they didn't become rebellious. They didn't kick. They didn't, they didn't get upset back at me. Shekorina tasman rishaim. Rather, they call themselves rishaim. Vekorino titzadik befanai, and they call me righteous before me. Right to to my face is the is the literal translation. Befanai in front of me. Behem omrim lelashon azeh. They tell they say this. Aval anachnu chatanu heavinu hershanu peshanu. But we have sinned. We have uh, done mistakes. We have rebelled. Maranu marinu vesanu misotecha mishpatecha veloshavalanu. And we have uh, gone far from your commandments and from your from your mishpats, from your from your judgments. to no to look to no avail. And you are righteous upon us and to everything that comes upon us, because you have done what is true, and it is us who have done the 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 the, the evil. For this reason, Shlomo would bless Knesset Yisrael. And the, the, the Midrash brings finally two Pesukim to speak about, and I, I'm, I'm sure that it's alluding to the types of bracha which come down from Shemayim when we do such a remarkable thing. When we have suffering in our lives and still we have the ability to tell Hashem that we believe that it is not us who, uh, that it is not Him who considers, uh, it's not Him who's, God forbid, that it's not Him who's doing the wrong thing and that, and that we're the one who, who are right. It's... it's uh, us who are evil and he is the righteous one. So that's a very, very early makar for this lashon of chatanu of ve'avinu, hashanu, v'sarnu mimisotecha v'lo shavalanu. That's a really, really early makar for that. And similarly, we have this language also in the Seder of Amram, on Sheni v'chamishi, on the, on the Mondays and Thursdays, he also has this language of uh, aval chatanu anachnu. As I mentioned earlier, the Gemara itself says aval, aval anachnu chatanu, that's the core of Vidui, but we have sinned. At the, at, the, at, the, at the end of it, the core words of Vidui is the confession, rather we have sinned. It is not Hashem who has done anything wrong, it is us, we confess that it is we who are responsible for our actions. Now, the, the, the Nusach in, this, in most of the Sfaradi Nuschau today, even though it wasn't like this originally, was Chatanu Avinu Pashanu. We add two more words. 
And this might come from the Rambam. The Rambam himself also has only a Balchatanu, but the Rambam in Hilchot Vidoy, in Hilchot Teshuvah really, says that the real uh, core of Vidoy is to say Balchatati Aviti Peshati. He in turn gets that from the Gemarani Omada, Flamidvav Bet, which says that the Kohen uh, Gadol, sorry, that the Ikar Vidoy of the Kohen Gadol is Chatati Aviti Peshati according to the Chachamim, that's how we paskin, um, that that's the proper way to confess. But fundamentally, even though that that's the proper way to confess, the Nusach was of al-Khatanu for the longest time. Somewhere along the road, somebody added Khatanu Avinu Pashanu to add in the requirements of the Gemara in Yoma, Daflamud Vav, Amud Bet, and according to the Rambam in Hilchot Vidoy. So that's why uh, some versions have Avinu Pashanu, and some versions have um, Avinu Avinu Pashanu. There's different variations of Al-Anachnu Khatanu, of Al-Khatanu Anachnu, of Al-Anu Khatanu, Every person should do according to his minhag. Okay, so where are we here? Now, Ashamnu and Baganu. The halacha is, and this is a machloket in the Gemara, but the, malacha, the halacha is that when a person does vidoy, when a person confesses his sin before Hashem, in order to be mekayem mitzvah taseh, a person does not have to specify the sin. Machloket, uh, I think Tanaim. I'm sorry, I'm not. I haven't seen the Gemara in a little while. But there's a machloket if a person has to say, "I stole," or he has to say, "I stole this object from Plony on this and this day." You know, do you have to specify your sin? So we we are posek. The halacha is you don't have to specifically say every sin you did that day. However, we have an early nusach going straight back to the Geonim. And it's not clear if it's earlier than that, but it's definitely since the time of the Geonim, which has the vidui of all of the um, sins that we could possibly do. Well, not all of them, but many of them, according to the Seder of the Aleph Beit. Aleph, then Beit, Ashamnu, Baganu, Gesanu, Dibanu, Dofi. So the Torah testifies in Kuflamid Aleph. Um, so it might not be in Kuflamid Aleph. It might be, sorry, it's in Tafresh Zion. It's in the Hilchot Yom Kippur. He says that the, the Ashkenazim, they would say vidui with the Seder Aleph Beit, but here the Benhag in Spain is not to do it. It sounds like originally the Sfaradim never said vidui with the Aleph Beit, but the Ashkenazim did, at least on Yom Kippur. But uh, eventually, thanks to the Minhag of the Arizal, the Seder Aleph Beit came in. The idea of it is that the idea of adding the Ashamnu Baganu Gazalnu. Um, I'll say there Aleph Beit is that when we do when anything is said I'll say there Aleph Beit whether it's Mizmor uh, Tilim uh, or anything of that nature the idea of doing something on this, with the Seder of Aleph Beit is to show, to show Shleimut to, to show a sense of completion just like you said the whole Aleph Beit and the whole world was created with the Aleph Beit so too if we say all these uh, 22 plus um, categories we will cover our bases and we will be able to cover most sins that we could have possibly done. That's one idea. The Kapachaim also adds, and this is actually in the, if you look into the Sidur Beit Oved and the Tfilat Chodesh, they also do it this way, um, that the Minhag, for, for at least the Minhag of the Kubalim, he brings in Betel, was to say any letter which was of the, the last... Uh, like if the, the which have a sofit, like mem sofit, nun sofit, minatz bach, right? Those mem, nun, sadeh, pe, chaf. We would say two for each one of those letters. 
So um, you would say, uh, what's an example? Niatsnu uh, neafnu, right? We would say two nuns for every uh, letter, which was one of the uh, one of the multiples. So let's just actually go through it inside. We say and then we, we say right? and then we interrupt and we say besides chatanu we embellish and we do this Seder Aleph Beit we say right? we have become guilty we have betrayed we have, um, we have spoken slander and, e- and evil talk Dofi is an interesting word some say that it means deception it's from a word in, in Tanakh I think that uh, I don't remember the exact language. There's another theory, and although I don't think it's true, I don't. I'm not, I suspect it isn't true. Is that it stands for for? It's an Aramaic word for dufi, which if anyone knows kiddushin, it says tav tan du Right? It's better for a person to be uh, hitched with two than to to to, um, to to remain single for the rest of their life. So du in Aramaic means two. So dufi would mean duplicitousness. A person who is uh, double-mouthed, a person who says one thing and means another, or something similar to that. All right, that's Dofi. Uh, if it is Aramaic, then it dates it a little bit. It's probably not uh, from a certain era, but that's, you know, irrelevant. Hevinu uh, we have caused perversion, we've become evil. Zanu, Hamastu, Tefanu, right? We have sinned willfully, we have caused wickedness, we have sinned willfully, we've extorted, we've accused falsely. Tefanu, and deceitfully, we have given bad advice, and generally that means intentionally, but even unintentionally, it could be very damaging. Kizavnu, we have been deceitful. Kaasnu, we got angry. Lasnu, um, we have scorned, I guess is the best English uh, translation for this. Maradnu, we have rebelled. Marinu, we have um, uh, rebelliously gone against your word. Again, we do two for the mem here. Niatsnu, niafnu. We have provoked and we have committed adultery. Saranu, uh, we have uh, turned away. Avinu, Pashanu, Pagamnu, we have been persecuted. Sorry, we have uh, we have been perverse. We have acted wantonly. We have damaged. Saranu, uh, Tsianu, Aveim, we have uh, persecuted. We brought pain to our father and mother. Tutsadis again. Kishinu, Oref, we have been stubborn. Rashanu, we have acted wickedly. Shichatnu, we have corrupted. Tiavnu. Um, we have been abominable, and then lastly, ta'inu v'titatinu. This this last one, ta'inu means we've gone astray. V'teatinu is uh, is is a uh, is a nice fight among the grammarians whether or not that means you cause others to go astray, or if it's just not a word at all and we shouldn't be saying it. But, but at the end of the day, this is what the Ashkenazim have ended up saying. This and here, this is the language that we have all the way from the from the midrash, and we also have it. Um, it's interesting. The uh, Orchot Chaim says that he has it on good authority from, from uh, Gedolim and from uh, different, you know, Rishonim Kadmonim, that the original Nusach of, of Vidoy was only these, uh, partially these words. Let me just share with you exactly what he says here. He says, Katav echad min mekubalani gedolim, sorry, mekubalani mipi gedolim, I have a Kabbalah from the, the mouth of Gedolim, the quintessential vidui, which every person has to say, is aval chatanu anachnu vavotenu vavinu pashanu v'sanu mimsotach mishpetecha tovim v'lo shavalanu v'chulu. 
And that's enough for us, and we don't have to, uh, to add to that. In other words, as part of the core, for some reason, as part of the elemental nusach uh, of the vidoy. And also, I think it's the itor who also says something very similar, that this is the, 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 the core words of vidoy. So uh, here, we have turned away from the commandments from your good laws, but to no avail. Um, very brave thing for us to say, but we say that you are the righteous on anything that comes to us, for it is you who have done what is truthful and what is right, but it is us who have uh, committed wickedly. And again, for saying something like that, for being so candid and having that candor, it's also tremendous sechut for us. One last thing I wanted to mention was these three ideas that Kafachayim brings for why we say the Nusach in plural and for why we say so many. Says the Kafachayim, first of all, if you think about it, it's impossible to do all these Averot every day. Not every, plenty of people don't commit adultery, plenty of people don't commit uh, robbery, plenty of people are not going to get through all 22, 28 of these, of these, of these sins every day. So, Says the Kafachayim, why do we say all three of them? So the first reason is, there's a concept of arvut. Every person is responsible one for another. And when it comes to a tzibor, when you have a congregation of people, it's impossible that you're not going to be among other people who in some way violated one of these sins. And therefore, you're saying it not just on behalf of yourself, but you're saying it on behalf of everybody with you, and therefore it's not just said in the, it's not just said in the plural, but we say many of them. Secondly, he brings from the Chesed Lalafim, who is the uh, author of the Peleoites, if you're not familiar. Chesed Lalafim says that we say that it's possible that a person's neshama in previous iterations of its development, in other words, Gilgulim, sinned, and a person has to confess for the sins of that neshama, whatever that means. Okay, so that's, that's, that's one idea. And he says, interestingly, he says, Anachnu v'avotenu, that, that avotenu sometimes our fathers means our father souls. In other words, our soul at an earlier stage of its development, that level of the soul sinned, and that's our father soul, so to speak. And that's when we say, Anachnu Babotenu and our fathers. I forgot to mention, this is an important idea, that confessing that our parents have sinned is, is also a very important thing. Not more psychologically than it is, is even theologically, but it's very important for people to realize that it is possible that their ancestors made grave mistakes, or that their, even their own parents made grave mistakes, and not always is the way that their parents or their ancestor did something the correct way to do it. It's important sometimes to be brave, whether it's uh, morally, whether it's halachically, and especially culturally, it's very important for us to realize that previous generations could have been very wrong, and it's important not to get too religious and conservative and romanticize the past. It's very common that we that especially religious people romanticize the past. We say, oh, our fathers and our grandparents and Kabachoma, our great-grandparents, what tzaddikim they were, you know, how much, what a higher level they were on. Now, it's very common, religious people love romanticizing the past, but the truth is, we have to be brave enough to realize that these were people too, and they could have done sins that were as bad or worse than things that we did today, and they weren't always right. So that's a very important thing we have to remember, and not everything that they did justifies what we do today. We have to break the cycle sometimes. You know how the, the Balei Chinuch say that when they have a, you know, kids at school who have problems, it's because their parents had problems, and their parents raised them badly, and it's because their parents raised them badly. 
eventually you have to break, break the cycle and take responsibility for your own actions. Yes, my parents did this, or yes, my grandparents did that, but now I'm my own person, and you know they might have sinned, but I have to pick, pick up the pieces and I have to be responsible for my own actions. I can no longer blame my actions if I know they're wrong on my parents, my culture, my community. It has to be, you have to take stock and take accountability for the things you do. Lastly, the Chesed Lalafim says that there's the possibility that people can sweep certain uh, sins under the rug, thinking that they're not very serious. However, we know that certain sins, even though they don't seem serious, can be very serious. For example, um, the Gemara says that if a person gets angry, if a person um, gets angry, it's as if he oh, worshipped idols. Or if a person says uh, eats without a bracha, he doesn't say bracha on a food, it's ki'ilu ma'al, it's as if he committed ilah. There are certain uh, sins which we might think are not so severe, yet they could fall, that we might have done, yet they could fall into categories which are on higher levels or fall into multiple, multiple categories of sin which are severe. And therefore, to cover all of our bases, we say many, many different things in the Ashamnu, and we try to cover all the bases. All right, so that's so much for the introduction, the Bidoy part. Next week, we'll continue with the part about Yugimu Midot, the 13 uh, attributes of mercy, which we learned to say from Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu learned to say from Hashem. But I don't know if we'll spend too much time in it because it's more of a Yom Kippur idea, even though Elul is approaching. Um, we'll see how much time we could spend on Yudgimu Midot. And then we'll eventually get to uh, what is the word? We would get, we'll get to the core nefilat apayim itself. So thank you everybody for coming, and I'll see you all next week. Bezat Hashem.